535, hit us out to Laredo About to pick us some pounds so we can make us some queso No luggage in the trunk, just me and Saki Headed back Dallas, Texas, now we serving these beans Welcome to the I-35 Sports Connection It's your boy, AAA in the building Mila is not in the building. She's traveling for work, so you're stuck with me. So if you want to turn off the podcast, please don't. (laughs) So uh, today we're going to talk about Mavs. They got some wood. Uh, (laughs) We're going to talk a little World Cup action. Not the 2022, but 2026. Uh, Some big news there. And then we're just going to touch on the Royals and the Rangers um, and, and the Stars. So Stay tuned for that kind of status checking on each team and one team making some moves. So let's get into it. Biggest move of the day or the past week is the Mavs going to get Christian Wood from the Houston Rockets. So that that's huge. You're you're getting a guy in the last two years with Houston, averaged 19 points a game, about 10 rebounds a game, two assists a game, and a block per game. And also, here's the big thing too, in this modern NBA of like positionless type basketball, he's shooting about 38% from three. So not near as inconsistent as like a uh, Maxi is who I I love Maxi. Just saying, inconsistency from three, inconsistency from Dwight Powell. So this is a move where you're expecting him to eat up a lot of those shots that those two guys are making, and it's a big move for the Mavs. And you traded basically nothing for him. You traded a first round pick, but back into the first round, twenty six round pick, and. If you look at the Mavs drafting history outside of Luka, obviously, the Mavs aren't great at drafting players, nor do we have a lot of, a lot of you know people that we can point to that we got in the first round. I, I mean, outside of Luka, you look at the last few, Josh Green hasn't really been what we were hoping he would be. Dennis Smith Jr. isn't even on the team anymore, and he's clinging to an NBA roster spot right now. Uh, our best first-round pick outside of Luka? probably Jay Crowder, who's a very good player, but not necessarily someone you build around. So the loss of that pick Mavs front office wise, isn't that big. So this is a huge move for the Mavs. And and if you're want to be a little pessimistic, you go, well, if he's so good, why would Houston give him up for a 26th round or a 26th pick of the first round? And then Bobon, Sterling Brown, Trey Burke, and Marquise Chris. Basically, people who were getting like three minutes a night, tops, people who weren't in your rotation, who are back in, who would get in during blowouts. Why would the Houston Rockets give that to you if this guy is so good? And it comes down to where Houston is at currently. You look at the Houston Rockets, you look at a team that is literally rebuilding, starting over, Harden gone, Westbrook gone, Chris Paul gone, big name players from the last few years no longer on that team. And you've got this really young core. And then you look at it, they spent two first round picks to get the Turkish big man who him and Woods can't really play together that much. Um, So you've got a guy who's 19 the Turkish guy. You've got a top three pick this year. You got the 17th pick this year. And now you got the Mavs 26 pick. And you've got a guy in Woods who's one year away from getting a new contract. So if I'm the Rockets and I'm looking at this realistically, am I going to be a championship perennial playoff team this year or next year? The answer is no. So do I want a guy on my roster who I'm about to pay 25 plus mil in a year 
for a team that isn't going to be sniffing the playoffs? And the answer is no. And so you look at that and you look at the fact that he's had issues getting along with Houston this past year, got suspended for a game, has had motor issues. And you're like, well, he's expendable if you're the Rockets. You got what you wanted. You got a first round pick that you can either package with your 17th to move up hopefully get another lottery pick or you can package with your top three if you're afraid someone's going to take your number one guy maybe Houston really loves Chet and they want to go get him who knows but Houston has the ability to make moves without having to hurt their salary cap and then you look at the people that they took a lot of these deals from the Mavs are expiring contracts at the most two years left so a lot of room to play with if you're Houston so that's why it makes sense to them if you're the Mavs here's why it makes sense to you your current big men weren't going to cut it if you wanted to be a championship team. It, it just wasn't. You you don't want to end up like you know Portland or the Houston teams that have made the conference finals and then never to appear again. You know the following few years, and you saw it. Maxi's inconsistency, Dwight's inconsistency, liabilities with Boban. You don't really have a big guy that can actually like affect the game the way you want it. And you look at Christian Wood, it's a guy who who's a 2010 guy, basically. And here's the part that's really nice about him is the fact that like on 40% of his two-point field goals, it was self-created. You're talking about a guy who can actually create his own shot. Not saying he's the best at it, but when you look at him in the realm of Mavs players who can create his own shot, he's automatically a top three Maverick in creating his own shot. Because the Mavs, for the most part, are, I'm going to stand over here, you stand there, you stand there, while Luka makes magic happen, and hopefully, I can knock down my open shot. That's Reggie, that's Dodo, that's Tim Hardaway, that's Maxi, that's Dwight, unless he's going on the, the pick and roll for a dunk or an oop. Like, that is literally everybody that plays significant minutes for you outside of Brunson and Luka that cannot create their own shot. So you are a lot of times because Luca will handle it or or Brunson will handle it. And when they're off, uh, one's on the bench and one's not, you've got four people standing around at the best, three people just standing around hoping that somebody else creates something. And you can't win like that, especially when you go look at a team like Golden State. And in that series, because you're chasing Curry, because you're chasing Poole, because you're chasing Thompson, the Mavs are gassed, and you had multiple people on the Warriors who were creating their shots at all times, and we didn't even get to talk about Wiggins on that team. So that's why it's so important for this Mavs team to make a change and to not be standing pat and hoping just the chemistry is going to get there. And here's the best part. You'll find out within this year if he really is a troublemaker, or if he is uh, uh, lacking that motor to be better uh, on the team defensively. Like you look at a Houston team, it's really hard to be motivated when you're terrible and when you're playing on a team that everybody's trying to get their own points and their own buckets and there's not really that great chemistry. Luca's going to give you your opportunities to get points efficiently. It's, you, it's do you have that drive to be better? Do you have that drive to be great? And we're going to find out. And let's say it doesn't work out. Who cares? This is the last year of his deal. If it doesn't work out, you can either package him with somebody and trade him at the deadline or or you can let him go at the end of the year if you still aren't sure. But there's no need to sign him to a multi-year deal. But if it goes great, then you can lock him in during the season. So really no risk there with Wood. It's something the Mavs desperately needed. They needed someone who can create space. 
Wood can do that. They need someone who can at least be a somewhat adequate rim protector. Wood can do that. And he can be a rim protector without taking up space like a Bobon or getting in the way of your offense because Jalen's great at driving and so is Luka and you don't want that big guy clogging up the lane. Now, what does this mean? Does it mean anything for Brunson? I don't think it means anything for Brunson in particularly. Now, talks have kind of stalled. I think it means more to Spencer, to Reggie, and Timmy. One of those dudes will not finish the year with the Mavs. Spencer, Tim Hardaway Jr., or Reggie, one of them is gone. Like, it's over for them. I think the Mavs are going to try to sign Brunson, but... If they do, that puts them about $30 million over the luxury tax with like an $85 million check going to to the NBA. So you got to figure out something to do. And the best way to offset something like that is saying goodbye to one of those three. And I I think that's what the Mavs are going to be looking for is a way to, to say goodbye to one of those guys. And with a lot of big big name players on the market right now, not necessarily free agents, but either restricted free agents or teams that are very motivated to, to get better, to lose a piece. Uh, LA, for instance, the Mavs can kind of act as like this third team facilitator to help a D a a deal go through to make cat, to make money even while at the same time helping their themselves out. So Look for the Mavs to, to maybe get involved. I This isn't an, an ending move. This is a move before the move if you're a Mavs fan. So that's very exciting to see. So let's see what happens. My bold prediction, Spencer, Timmy, or Reggie, one of them is, is not going to finish the year in a Mavs uniform. That's my bold prediction. So uh, hopefully I'm right, uh, and hopefully it's for the betterment of the Mavs. So from there, let's go into another Dallas team, the Dallas Stars. We got a new coach up in Dallas. Uh, so the Stars, and forgive me if I butcher this guy's name, Peter DeBauer, DeBauer Peter DeBauer. So most recently of, uh, of the Vegas Golden Knights, he's also coached in Vegas and Florida, um, or Jersey and Florida. The, the biggest thing about him, is, and I think the biggest thing that this signifies is that the stars are not going to go into a rebuild. They are not going to go into a full rebuild. They're they're going to go for it for at least the next two years. Now, if you listen to our show, maybe you are of the opinion like we are that they should go into a rebuild and move some of these bigger, bigger uh, price players that are underperforming. But it looks like the stars are thinking this is more of a coaching issue. And Peter doesn't necessarily do the rebuild. He's there to get you to the cup. Uh, in Jersey, he got him to a Stanley Cup final his first year. In Vegas, uh, he he got them, I think, within three games of of, uh, of the Cup. Um, so all this guy does is, is get you far into the postseason. His first season in uh, with uh, San Jose, he got them into the playoffs and for the next three years in a row. So I, I think this means, if you're a Stars fan, that they're going for it. They're going to continue to go for it and that the front office either believes in this team as presently constructed or they aren't willing to to quite give up on it. But this move means the stars are not rebuilding. They're going to go for it for at least the next two years or this guy's fired. <laughs> so this is his goal is to get them to win a cup. So 
just to to run down one more time. Jersey, he got him to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, he coached the Sharks uh, to the finals in his first season and playoffs after that. And then Vegas, he was three games shy. So he's he's a coach that knows how to get you to that place, but he's never quite finish the mountaintop. Maybe this is where he does it. You're at a very veteran heavy team with the stars. And maybe this is the year that both the stars and Peter get to that mountaintop. Now, speaking of mountaintops, uh, I think both Kansas City and Dallas are probably on the top of the world right now because both cities got named for the 2026 World Cup, the basically the North American World Cup. And here's the deal. We've talked a lot about the symmetries between Kansas City and Dallas, and you had the Hunt family basically leading the proposal for Dallas and leading the proposal for Kansas City. And it wasn't going to be a one or the other. It was going to be both get in. And, and when you have the Hunt family, which was very instrumental in starting the MLS, also started the KC franchise and the Dallas franchise, you had to feel pretty confident that, that both teams were or both cities were going to get it. Uh, the venue for Dallas is going to be ATT Stadium, obviously, Jerry World. Um, so, state of the art, one of the best stadiums in the NFL as far as like sights to see. And I now there is no word on if it's group play, quarterfinals, semifinals, what stadium gets what, what city gets what. But you would have to think Dallas is going to be in line for one of those elimination round games. Kansas City, on the other hand, a surprise to some, but not really if you know soccer culture and know how instrumental Kansas City has been into it. Arrowhead Stadium is going to be the venue, and I would expect Kansas City to be a site for a group, uh, for group play. So while Dallas, I think, is going to be later on the elimination, I think Kansas City is, is going to be there. And the thing that Kansas City boasts is one that soccer culture, but like I think very importantly is the location of Kansas City. It's very centrally located. You're talking about an easy flight out of MCI to basically anywhere in the country, right? East coast, West coast, get there easily. It's just so centrally located that, that you can get to anywhere you want to get to, as opposed to like, if you were just in New York or just in LA and you had to cross, uh, either cross the (laughs) cross the cost the country to get somewhere or going to Canada or going to Mexico. It's a lot longer flight. So I, I think Kansas city's geography helped it out tremendously as well as the hunt family being there. So big, exciting news. I expect KC to get group play and I expect Dallas to get elimination. So we'll see what happens there, but huge, huge for both cities and, you know, very excited that more details as we get closer to it in a few years, but make sure you sign up for like being able to be on the ticket list and stuff. All right, let's talk a little Royals and let's talk a little Rangers. Rangers, surprise, surprise team of the AL West, currently second team in the West. And what's big for the Rangers is, is going to be this next month. So if you're a Rangers fan, what you've kind of done is you've kind of weathered this storm with, you know, rough hitting and have started to play a little better offensively to start matching your pitching. And what you're noticing is that like, it's no longer, uh, hey, we were going to be better this year. It's more of a, well, hold up, hold up, hold up. Are, do, we have it out, do we have a shot at the, at the wild card now? Because you, you aren't going to win the West. It's, it's too far gone. But you do have a, a shot at a wild card here if you continue to play well. And the thing to watch is these next 30 days as we approach the, the trade deadline in the beginning of August. So 
Very important. This 30, this 30 day stretch right here, starting right now for the Rangers. If you can get to 500, if you can get to 500 or preferably a game or two above 500, that'll signal the front office to make a move, probably to add one more starting pitcher and maybe add a bat as far as like average to get on base to help you guys out. So very interesting to see what happens with the Rangers. Now, if the Rangers do struggle in these next 30 days, then probably look for Martin Perez to, to go. Um, or, uh, no, probably Martin Perez goes. <laughs> so if you want to keep Martin Perez, who's having a, a surprise year playing out of his mind, then you're going to have to hope the Rangers can get to 500. If not, I would probably look for Martin Perez to go and the Rangers try to maybe sign him in the off season. Uh, but, they're probably going to try to trade him for a guy that they can have years on. Uh, as far as the Royals, though, I mean, you're looking at a team that is probably the worst team in baseball, one of the most disappointing teams, and they're supposed to be competitive. I, I mean, they just won their first their first series in two months uh, against Oakland, who is also awful. Uh, I mean, there's no good way to say this, but like, it's time for the coach to go and it's time for Dayton Moore to go as well. Like this team is too talented to be this bad. And the Royals already have the seventh best farm system in major league baseball. So it's not a point of getting better for the future. We're there. We need to be good. Now the roster is too good. We got Grinky in for a reason. And now we're looking at letting Grinky go at the deadline because we literally have nothing. We have the worst one of the worst records in, in, in baseball. It is, it is, I mean, we are just as bad as Oakland, just as bad as the Reds, Baltimore pirates. We are worse than everybody. That's how bad we are. And we, we were supposed to be around 500 outside shot the wild card this year. And this is like a failure on the front office and a failure on coaching. Cause this team is too talented to be this bad. So, I don't expect anybody to get fired during the season, but I would really like if we part ways with preferably the coach and Dayton Moore. Uh, but I think more realistically is probably moving away from the coach at the end of the year. But we'll see what happens. The Royals aren't one to make a, a huge splash at the deadline or a huge splash in the offseason. So Hopefully Sherman proves that he is a fan, not just an owner, and he makes that front office move and that managerial move that the Royals fan base is hoping for because we've been too bad for too long and it's time that we're good, especially with the talent that we have. And you just started the clock on Bobby Witt. So it's time to go here. And these highly sought after these highly sought after pitchers in your farm system that have been elevated aren't producing right now. And you gotta ask yourself, is that on them or is that on your management staff, your coaching staff, not getting the best out of them. And right now I'm saying that's on the staff. So hopefully you enjoy this show. Hit us up at i35sportscxn on Twitter. If you want to ask a, ask a question or debate me on anything, or just want to see what my thoughts are. Uh, hopefully you enjoy the show. We'll check you guys out later next time. Take it easy.